This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. Today's program, a veritable cornucopia of information. For the gourmet chef in all of us, Samantha Harris from Dancing with the Stars and Entertainment Tonight stops by with a sneak peek of Culinary Genius, a new show starting Monday night, 7.30. A few minutes we have with pop culture writer and comedian Michelle Collins. She's the host of a new reality show called Date Night Live. That's where you and I sit at home and watch real-life couples go out on real-life first dates, and Atlanta's one of the cities where folks are getting together. But first, as you know, many, if not all, Metro Atlanta schools are back in session. That means a return to our normal family routines. There are more cars on the road, more traffic to contend with. Joining us in the studio is Garrett Townsend. He is the public affairs director for the AAA Auto Club Group, and he is based here in Atlanta. And I know, Garrett, can you believe it? It's time for the kids to go back to school. It is unbelievable. It seems like they just got out of school, had some vacation. Now it's time to head back. Now, I remember being a little kid and I was a crossing guard in elementary school. I loved it because I had my little vest and I had my big orange satchel thing I wore. But I don't know if I'd let a kid be a crossing guard today. People are crazy driving. They really are. And it's funny, you're probably talking about the AAA Safety Patrol uh, program. Uh, which uh, really is designed to yes, help Yes, I was that kid. Yeah, I was that yeah. kid. Yeah, well, thank you. So, you know, it's it's to help uh, really everybody uh, be safe around the school zone. But the fact is there's uh, a number of dangers that present themselves um, that really AAA tries to warn uh, the drivers uh, to make sure that they are especially vigilant for pedestrians before and after school hours. Such as? Uh, well, uh, the fact is, you, you know, you got to think uh, during the summertime, perhaps you were driving through that school zone. School is out. All of a sudden school's back in. Uh, you really have to be cognizant of that and making sure that you are obeying all of the laws and the rules around the school zone. Because those lights go on, and if you're supposed to slow down, you're supposed to slow down. Yeah, that's correct. You know, speed limits in a school zone are reduced for a reason. You know, we think about it. A pedestrian struck by a vehicle traveling 25 miles per hour is nearly two-thirds less likely to be killed compared to a pedestrian struck by a vehicle traveling just 10 miles faster. So slowing down uh, really is something that uh, is designed to help keep that pedestrian safe. And unfortunately, some accidents, uh, some crashes do happen, uh, but the slower that a vehicle is going, the more it is that they can perhaps um, avoid a situation where they may strike a pedestrian. You just made a very distinctive choice of words in that last answer. You said accident, but then you paused and you said crashes. And you did that for a reason, I bet. Absolutely. You know, an accident sometimes is something that is uh, unavoidable. There's nothing that you can do to prevent that from happening. Uh, Crashes, uh, though, are uh, decisions uh, sometimes that uh, people make. For instance, slowing down in a school zone is avoidable. Uh, So really being conscious of uh, the laws and the rules, particularly now that kids, uh, schools are open and kids are going back to school. Talk to us a little bit about passenger safety and making sure, and it is the law, that children are properly restrained in a vehicle 
on the way to and from school. You know, that that is correct. Um, you know, there are laws that are in place as far as child passenger uh, seats, and uh, really parents uh, need to uh, keep themselves abreast of, of those laws uh, that are in place. And then making sure as kids get older, uh, for instance, the, the child passenger seat that you would use for an infant uh, or a one-year-old is different than the one you'd use for a three-year-old or six-year-old. So making sure that you know and understand those differences so that your child is properly restrained just in case you do uh, get uh, into uh, a crash or accident of some sort. Now, when you and I were little kids, there were no laws and the rules are very different. So we were all over our parents' cars. But it's, I think, safer for the youngest of us to be secured wearing a safety belt in the back seat of the car rather than the front seat of the car. Don't you agree? Yeah, that's correct. You know, in the state of Georgia, there's no laws uh, necessarily about the back seat uh, passenger um, if they're an adult, uh, but certainly you want to absolutely make sure that all the passengers in your vehicle, uh, even in the back seat, whether there's a law or not, making sure that they're properly uh, restrained, but especially that being the case uh, with uh, young ones. Talk to us about school buses on the roads and what our responsibilities are as competent uh, motorists. You know, this is an area where, unfortunately, uh, each year uh, you do hear about issues that take place as far as school buses are uh, concerned. So you want to absolutely make sure that uh, you pay attention to the lights in the signage that's on the bus. Uh, if uh, that, uh, uh, if the median is a solid uh, median, a cement median, then uh, drivers on the opposing side don't have to stop. But if that median is divided in any way or there's no median at all, you have to stop if you're on the opposite side. And making sure that those signs are off and uh, that the lights are off in the sign uh, is also uh uh, back in place before you attempt to move around a school bus. I want you to say that again because I don't think many motorists are clear on what you just said. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when there is a solid uh, median on the opposite side of the roadway, then uh, drivers on the other side do not have to stop. But if there is no median or if that median is divided in any way, then uh, drivers on the opposite side need to stop making sure that they're paying attention to the lights that are on the vehicle as well as the sign which tells you to stop. And then making sure that you do not move, whether you're behind it or on the opposite side, making sure that you do not move until that light is out and then that sign is back in place. You know, Garrett, one of the other things about back to school we want to remind our, our listeners of is the fact that, you know, like when time changes, people don't drive as aware as they normally do. I know we have more accidents the Monday after time changes, whether we're falling back or springing forward. And of course, when the kids go back to school, there are just more vehicles on the road. There's more vehicles on the road. Uh, again, you're going through these school zones now that uh, are operating. School's back in session. So you have to prepare for that. 
But then I think the other thing is that parents need to talk to their teens. Sometimes during the summer, uh, teens uh, get their license. So they're inexperienced. They may not be as familiar uh, with school zones. So making sure that you have a conversation in even with your teens in understanding that they have to obey the laws and the rules that uh, are around school zones. Even though those young people have great confidence, that confidence is not the same thing as having that driving experience. That's the only thing that comes with time. Yeah, absolutely. But again, you know, having that conversation and, you know, we always recommend uh, a parent-teen agreement where you are actually sitting down, you're having a conversation with them, You're understanding perhaps some of the weaknesses, some of the areas where they may need some additional training, and just really talking about the rules, what's acceptable and not acceptable as far as their driving is concerned. Garrett, what advice do you have for parents who may have a teen going back to school this year? This teen now has a license, is able to drive, going to be parking in that special lot at school. Uh, What are some of the resources that uh, AAA has for parents to help keep themselves and those driving teens more accountable? Well, um, we want to make sure that uh, you avail yourselves to tools and resources uh, that are available. Uh, AAA has a Keys to Drive website, um, which you can access that from AAA.com. It can help you and your parents navigate through the learning to drive process. Again, really having a conversation with them. And then uh, really, if there's a route that they're going to be taking to school or to work, going with them on that route, sort of practicing um, beforehand. And then you can alert them to some potential dangers that may, may occur. So, Garrett, I wanted to ask you this. A teen may not be driving to school just yet, but there are lots of kids, middle schoolers on into high school, who might get to ride their bicycles to school. What should parents be thinking about, talking to those kids about when it comes to bicycle safety? Plus, they're just, because we've got so many bike lanes in metro Atlanta, we want to be cognizant and safe around the bikers on the roads. You're absolutely correct. You know, in going back to school, Um, About 13 percent of children uh, typically walk or bike to their classes. So, you know, we always talk about uh, back to school safety, particularly with buses, but making sure that uh, you're aware of the kids that may be bicycling to school. Uh, They're oftentimes inexperienced, unsteady, unpredictable So you have to really slow down and allow at least three feet of passing distance between your vehicle and a bicyclist. And if your child rides a bike to school, making sure that they have a properly fitted bicycle helmet on every ride. You know, there's some tips, some expert advice on sharetheroad.aaa.com. Um, But really, parents can go to that website and making sure that they have some of the tools and resources available to make sure that their kids who are riding the bike are going to get there safely and back home safely. Because safety first is what's most important. Yeah, absolutely. And for adults that ride the bikes uh, as well, you know, triple college students are thinking about that. No question about it. And, uh, you know, for years, uh, really, our mainstay has been emergency road service, tow that vehicle. But did you know May 1st, uh, we now have a bike service. So if a person's a AAA member, uh, they're out there somewhere, 
uh, on a trail and uh, something happens to their bike, they can actually call AAA. We'll take the person and their bike either home or to a destination where they can get that bike fixed. So uh, bike uh, safety is important. We want to be able to share the road with the many bicyclists here, particularly in Atlanta. But uh, we also want them to know we'll tow their bike. We'll get them home safely if we have to. That's good to know. I've carried a AAA card, I think, for as long as I've been driving. There's a good reason to have one. If folks don't have one and want to become members, how do they go about doing that? Go to AAA.com, and uh, they can get all the information on membership. And here's a great thing. You know, we talk a lot about teens. um, But if a person uh, is a AAA member, they have a teen they can add that team for free. So they have uh, their permit, add them on, making sure that they're covered as well. If they're uh, in their own vehicle or they could be somewhere else with a friend, something happens, they need a tow. Uh, with that free team membership, we can make sure that they're covered as well. Good to know. Gary Townsend, AAA, thank you very much. Thank you. Joining us now, Samantha Harris, the host of Culinary Genius. Tell us about the show. First of all, good morning. You know, it's so great to talk with you guys about the show. I'm really excited. I mean, people tend to know me from Dancing with the Stars and Entertainment Tonight. So for me, this is really exciting because this is a Gordon Ramsay culinary competition show. And you know, as you mentioned, it's, it's home chefs, so amateur cooks, which is very different from all of Gordon's other shows home cooks who are battling it out not only for the uh, title of culinary genius but also for some hot cash in their pocket and it's it's different too because it's a show that's on five days a week it's a limited three-week run and I'm really excited about it uh, because as a I'm kind of a fan girl actually just even in studio with this show because there are so many tips and tricks that you're learning from not only Gordon Ramsay, but also from our in-studio chef, Chef Edward Lee, that you take away so much while you're having fun because it's a competition. The clock is always running out, which makes it a lot of fun. So you just mentioned Edward Lee is going to be the lead chef on the show. So we're working with five at-home chefs and what happens? So it's basically five the five chefs, uh, uh, home, home cooks really. The show is divided into two parts. The first part, it uh, varies from episode to episode between a game, a culinary game, and a culinary uh, technique challenge. So, for example, if it's a challenge, it might be um, Edward first demonstrating exactly how to uh, julienne a pepper into uh, or to cut into matchsticks. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to cut something into matchsticks. Perfectly formed. It is very, very challenging. Uh, or it could be taking an entire main lobster and having to get all of the meat, extract all of that meat from the shell, including those little legs. You know, like if you're sitting at a fine restaurant, you get a lobster dinner, you're very lucky that once a year you get that lobster dinner. And you take, you see the legs and you just kind of toss them to the side because even fine restaurants sometimes don't know how to extract it. Well, that's actually where some of the sweetest meat is. And so you learn on the show how to do it. Then the cooks, the challenge is they have to actually do it. And then the games, the games are super fun. Some of these games, I actually think I feel like I want to play with my kids uh, at home. I have a a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. This one will be a little messy. I think we'd have to have have a splat mat, but I love it when they have to, our cooks have to separate egg whites and then take a whisk and hand whisk into such a fury that that bowl of egg whites can be held over their head upside down without anything falling on them. They get flopped a little bit, I'll tell you. (laughs) I bet you have a lot of fun. So is working with Gordon Ramsay as uh, colorful as 
his food is delicious. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, first of all, Gordon is a very different side of Gordon Ramsay that we get to see here. I think people are used to seeing the screaming, yelling Gordon on a lot of his shows. And in he, this show, actually, our lead chef, Edward Lee, is really the more of the, the, the challenging, tough one uh, because he has to judge every bite of food, uh, which happens actually in our cook-off, which is in part two of our show, uh, when we move from five contestants down to three. And then they these cooks have just 25 minutes. I don't know if you can make an entire meal in 25 minutes well, but these cooks have just 25 minutes from conception to final beautiful plate presentation of their meal. I, I can't even make my morning smoothie in 25 minutes. So <laughs> I'm impressed every single day with how, what these cooks turn out. Uh, and so, and then Gordon is really just quite, quite a pussycat on the show. And so it's really fun to see that other side of him. So you're an extraordinary host and you're hosting the show. Do you ever get behind the counter and try some of this yourself? You know, I do. I, I have a little technique, which is the Edward has to, Chef Edward has to try every last morsel. So I just sort of carefully watch his face. If he winces at something, I stay far away. And if he really goes, goes this is just, mm, mm, he actually tends to, to grunt and moan a lot. And I've learned his cues. So if something seems to be really pleasing to his palate, then I'll dive in and, and uh, grab a little bite of something. <laughs> Terrific. We're talking to Samantha Harris. She's hosting Culinary Genius, half-hour program executive produced by Gordon Ramsay. Debuts Monday, August 7th, three weeks, stripped in Monday through Friday, summer series on a number of Fox TV stations where she says Edward Lee is going to serve as the lead chef. Samantha, I can't let you get away, though, without telling us a little bit about your special cause, GottaMakeLemonade.com. Oh, gosh, that's so nice of you to, to ask. Gotta Make Lemonade is something that uh, it's a, an online community that my husband and I launched uh just while I was actually laying in my recovery bed from cancer three years ago. And it's a place for people to find positivity in the face of adversity, share their stories, gain inspiration. And I'm, I, I read every submission that comes in. I'm always looking for new stories uh, to, to inspire people. So if anyone listening in Atlanta uh, want, and the surrounding area wants to send in their story, I'd love to read it. And if my friend Temi is listening, hi, Temi. I ask you about that just because we hear it this radio station just did a huge radiothon to raise money for the Athletic Cancer Center, and then we raised like $1.75 million. So wow. when there's an opportunity well, to make money. Congratulations. Good for you. That's amazing. Thank you. It's all of our listeners. They give and they give and they give every year. It's been over $20 million in the last 17 years we've done that. So when we can celebrate great health and success, and you're all good, right? Yes. Thank you so much for asking. Yes, I'm strong. I'm healthy. I'm fit. I'm writing a book that's going to help other people, I hope, that'll come out next year. And, and uh, I'm actually due, my manuscript is due to the publisher in uh, just two weeks, so it's very exciting. And as we wrap up here, what should you tell viewers to look for most when we tune into Culinary Genius next week? Boy, I mean, Culinary Genius, I know, first of all, I know for everybody um, there, they're going to take away tremendous information, tips for the for the kitchen, great rest of food ideas, preparation for meals for their family that they can have on the table in 25 minutes. Um, and, and I love that it airs in Atlanta on Fox 5 at 7.30 p.m. every night. So it's right, you know, right in that dinner hour. And I hope people are inspired and uh, excited by Culinary Genius. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Samantha Harris will be tuning in. Thank you so much and have a great day. Uh, I really appreciate the call. Thank you so much, Condis. Joining us is pop culture writer and comedian Michelle Collins. Condis, <laughs> it is me.
How are you? I am terrific, and I have followed your career since before you blew up and started doing all of that great TV stuff. And now you're oh back God, with... Oh, my God, that is so nice. No, it's very Thank true. You. I mean, I... I anyway... I'm I'm happy to have an opportunity to talk to you, and you've got a new project that's about to launch. Tell me about it. Well, first of all, I already love you, so I'm so excited to talk to you. And yes, my new project, it's called Date Night Live, premiering Thursday night on Lifetime. And it's unlike anything, I mean, I've ever seen before, certainly. We are watching dates happen live for two hours, sitting together as a family, judging and loving. And what's better than that, I ask? Absolutely nothing. So judging and loving is absolutely that. Speaking of that, we're almost at the end of this season of The Bachelorette, and I know that yeah. you are as committed to this as I am. So I am. What's going to happen? You know, I haven't slept in days thinking about it. Um, I personally think it's going to be Peter, but I have to say that I watched last night's episode, and Eric really kind of came through for me. I was like, you know, Eric and her, they have great chemistry. They spent the night in the fantasy suite, which was very exciting. I didn't get enough footage from that. Um, but I'm going to do the classic Michelle pivot into Date Night Live, which is that the difference between The Bachelorette and Date Night Live is our show is sort of hands-off when it comes to producers. So you're actually, other than like, you know, we're not taking anyone to Norway you know what I mean? Like, we're watching dates happen in four cities in uh, New York, Atlanta, San Diego, and Dallas. And it's raw, it's fresh, it's real, and I have to tell you, it's going to be very interesting to see how these people fare on these dates. What are viewers likely to, to expect? How do you think we're going to react? Because the show is live, even us as hosts, like, we do not know what to expect come Thursday night. Um, but having been to Atlanta many times, I have a brother who lives nearby. I know the people there are very sweet, so I think that we're going to get people who are just nice Southern, hopefully, gentlemen and lovely Southern ladies. But we'll see what happens. What are you looking forward to most out of Date Night Live? You know, the funny thing is, obviously, I want people to find love. It's like why we watch Bachelor, Bachelorette. Like, you want to see people be happy. But the real reason you watch is to see kind of awkward dates, cringe, and really just to see what people are like on dates. You know, it's impossible to go on, you know, 5,000 dates a year, especially if you are married or have a partner. You can sort of live vicariously through other people's awkward silences or bad behaviors. And then, of course, on the opposite end, just watch, you know, strangers make out, which is all I ever want. <laughs> Would you ever, Michelle Collins, if presented yes. the opportunity to be mm -hmm. a contestant or to be one of the women on Date Night Live. Would you do yes. it? Yes. You know, there's a reason I host these shows, and it's because I would not do it, but only because, unless, you know, I always say I'll do anything for a nice check, because I tell you, those DSW shoes don't buy themselves, and I think you know that, but I don't know. I have an issue with making out on camera for me. Thank you. Just, you know, I, I can't do it. I don't want anyone judging my style. Um, I don't like the noises. They really seem to crank up the make-out noises when people do kiss on camera. So, um, to be honest with you, if I went on a bad date, I think I would be probably a little mean. <laughs> so, <laughs> because I would just be panicking. So, I don't know if I'm a good person for it, but there are plenty of people out there who are wonderful contestants. And if anyone in Atlanta is listening, find us on Facebook and let us know if you want to be on. We will be nice. Like, we're not, you know, we're excited to watch we're just excited to watch it like a sociological experiment. Like, what are people like on first date? And you say the producers are going to dial back some of that producering. That's correct. Yeah, we, we really are. It's very fly on the wall. You know, we're just watching these people 
watching their stories unfold. And obviously, I mean, the idea is that we hope there is a connection made, right? We we just want everyone to find love, right, Condis? You know. And that's all everybody wants, exactly. So it's date night live. So let's hope that happens. Let's hope that happens indeed. Uh, We're talking to Michelle Collins. She's one of the hosts of the new program, Date Night Live, Thursday, 10 o'clock Eastern on Lifetime. Michelle Collins, who are your other hosts? Just go ahead and give your your co-host a shout out. Thank you very much. We are joined by Bethany Watson from uh, Z100's Elvis Duran in the Morning Show, and the most famous and best-looking matchmaker in America named Paul Brunson, and I, that is a fact. So tune in. It's a lot of fun. They're hilarious, and we're just going to have the best time. All right. We look forward to seeing it uh, on Thursday, 10 o'clock on Lifetime. Michelle Collins, congratulations on the new show and all of your other gigs. Great talking to you. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, MyAndalusCondo29, on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.